Would you like to live a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Vetter as he introduces you to cultures of health and healing. Get ready now to try out some healing beliefs and practices from far and wide. Here's the host of your show, Robert Vetter. Welcome back, listeners. I'm here together again with Kevin Nathaniel, and we're going to pick up where we left off last time on his journey to learn about the Mbira and healing music. And this time, I wanted to look a little bit more into the instrument itself and a little bit about the cultures that it comes from. So, Kevin, if you could share what you could with our our, our listeners yes. who are hearing about this, but they don't get to see the instrument. So what, right. what is this instrument? Okay, so it, that's the sound. I'm playing, I'm plucking the keys with my fingers. The instrument is called Mbira, and I'll spell it M-B-I-R-A. So you can say Mbira. Um, there are many different names for this instrument. So you may have heard people call, say, kalimba. Uh, you may have heard people say sansa, lakimbi. Um, and there's plenty of other names for this instrument. Um, Mbira is, one of the, is the name that comes out of Zimbabwe. Uh, it re- refers to a lot of the class of these instruments that come out of the Zimbabwe region, but extends all the way across the borders of Zimbabwe into South Africa, into Mozambique, into Botswana, into um, all the neighboring countries. They have the Mbira. Uh, well, it's just important because a lot of African history has to come out as we talk. It's important to realize that the, the, the divisions that divide one country to the next are totally political, totally created by the result of colonialism. So um, back in the ancient, uh, or the rather not so ancient times of Africa, those borders did not exist. And there was a lot of cross-cultural interchange. There still is cross-cultural and family interchange um, across those um, supposed borders. But anyway, uh, the instrument, the name of the word Mbira uh, is particularly focused on the Zimbabwe region. And their Mbira tradition is very strong. Um, There are many different styles of Mbira. um, And this is the one that I'm playing right now is a style that is called Nyungwe Nyungwe. And Nyungwe Nyungwe translates to sparkle, sparkle. Um, it's also, people also call it karimba, karimba. But uh, this is called Nyungwe Nyungwe. Uh, there are other styles, you, more people, people are very familiar, more familiar with the style called, uh, that my teacher called Zemondoro. Um, by the way, uh, there was just a big Google um, page on Mbira, only about three weeks ago. So a lot more people know that word Mbira than probably for ever existed, you know, as far as on this whole planet right now, because Google did a whole homepage on it. Um, but uh, I, I will tell you some more things to go a little more in depth. There are many different styles of Mbira. Uh, some styles have uh, 15, 16 keys. Some styles have fewer than that. Some styles have 22 to 28 keys. Some styles have 50 keys. So there are uh, plenty of different options as far as Mbira. Um, it depends on what tradition or what family or what you know, group that your Mbira style comes out of. 
um, this style that I'm playing called Nyinga Nyinga is a very ancient style. It goes back more than 2,000 years, um, and as, as do a lot of Mbira styles. Um, and when I say more than 2,000 years, uh, because definitely a lot of the um, traditions in Zimbabwe predate the um, dates that are carbon dated, because um, oftentimes, you know, archaeologists or researchers go and they pick these instruments out the ground, they carbon date and say, well, this goes back this far. Not so. It's far more ancient than that, far more ancient than that. And the musical traditions, uh, the roots of, for instance, I'll just give you um, a couple key things to think of. When you look at an mbira, and I can't, of course, show you the mbira, but you're going to see something that looks like low keys, middle keys, and high keys. Those keys represent the people. So the low keys are the elders in the culture. The middle keys are, and, it, and for this mbira, the low notes, those are the voices of the elders. The, the middle notes, those are voices of the, of the parents. And the high notes, these are the voices of the children. And this is kind of true no matter what mbira style you're dealing with. Um, and, to get, and to give you a little key to that is because a lot of the music that predates mbira, so mbira goes back thousands of years, but there's music that's played on mbira that predate mbira. So the music that predates mbira is a lot of times purely vocal music and a lot of times music that's played on bamboo pipes. So these, this vocal music and this bamboo pipe music that predate Mbira might be as far as, might be as ancient as 10, 20, 30, 40,000, 50,000 years. This is music that goes way, way back in our human history. And um, a lot of this music um, was organized in such a way so that everybody had space to, to uh, contribute. And so this, by making space for everybody to contribute, there is a approach, polyphonic approach. A polyphonic approach is more than just an aesthetic. It actually is a mathematical way of allowing everybody space to contribute. So these instruments are, mbiras in many ways are hallmarks of polyphony because uh, the very structure of mbira uh, is set up for polyphonic, you know, musical interactions. Um, uh, so, as I say, this instrument is, uh, is, is used in Zimbabwe for any number of things, but its very ancient source does connect directly to healing. Uh, so the instrument does have roots in, and still today, the instrument, it's very well known that in Zimbabwe, you know, people call on mbiras for healing. People bring mbiras for healing people. If somebody's going through some sort of illness, physical to mental illness, they'll call on mbiras to be brought to them, to play for them, to heal them. And the, the music, uh, because the music is ancestral music, and a lot of this music has um, deep connections to uh, mystical, uh, mystical things, I would say mystical realities, <laughs> mystical realities, it has deep connections to that. Um, uh, so the, the fact that when you play this instrument, you have this, these feelings of something very ancient flowing through. Uh, this is no um, happenstance, it's real, you know, 
that yeah, there is some ancient river that's flowing through and flowing through the music um, that uh, brings those vibrations into the current uh, when you're playing the, this, the music on the instrument. Can you tell me about your experience of it? Yes. So you, you heard this music, and in our last session, you talked about how you heard the music, you were interested in the music, and the next thing you know, you heard the music inside your head. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, want, I want you to take us through that. How, how did this music come to speak to you, and then how did you learn to be a channel for it? Well, it's very interesting because in some cases, you know, and it's, it's been said before that, you know, for people who really are Mbira players, then they will not escape that. The Mbira will choose them. They will, they will, the, this, this uh, ancestral communication will, will come through them. It will, and, and for me, I think that that's, part of what led me, you know, is that uh, there was something about this instrument and this musical style. And again, I would like to say the instrument is a channel. The instrument is a channel. So, you know, someone can be playing in beer and they might not have an in beer in their hand at all. So the instrument is a channel. And so this, uh, the, the channel um, draws on some very ancient forces, uh, the, some very ancient uh, mystical spirits um, that uh, existed in the flesh throughout Southern Africa and throughout Africa. Um, and they are, and also a lot of mystical um, relationships between humans and the environment. So there are, there are people that say, well, this Mbira song came from that rock, you know, and uh, uh, you know, there, there are all sorts of accounts of, of these kinds of things. And of course, there are mystics and uh, um, spirit ancestors who created some of the Mbira songs too, which have been passed on, like I said, for thousands of years. Um, so when I heard the Mbira, uh, something about it made me just wake up and say, this is something that I need to do. But it was confirmed on several different occasions. And I would say one of the occasions that most confirmed it was that summer in Seattle. Uh, I'd had a couple experiences, but one experience was when I went to meet uh, Dumisani Marire. He had this uh, big ensemble of xylophone players, and they were all playing Mbira music on the xylophones, which happens. Yeah. So he had about 10 or 12 piece xylophone orchestra. Um, and I went to see them at this place in Seattle in that summer. And I went into a trance, you know, I literally went into a trance. I was, I was dancing um, the whole night. I had on a big thick sweater. I didn't know I had it on. Um, I sweat completely through the sweater. I was not aware of the fact that I was sweating at all. Um, it was hundred degrees inside the place that we were dancing at uh, everybody. I wasn't, I wasn't the only one in a trance, you know, everybody was dancing like on automatic, you know, and, and me and I noticed some of the other people too, we would run to the door and just open the door to get a gasp of air. We would open the door, <gasps> breathe the door, breathe the air from outside and run back in and keep dancing, you know, and uh, we, you know, I would say that it was an experience where I, I felt like 
you know, no one had a choice who was, who was being touched by that music. No one had a choice in that. They were going to be dancing, you know. They were going to be dancing until that music ended. And so I, I began to realize after those experiences that there was something much deeper going on with this music. It was not music that was just to please the ear or to, you know, necessary to dance to and sing along with. It was not, it was going, something far deeper was going on with this music. I realized that in that state that I was in, you know, perhaps I could have uh, jumped over a wall that I would have had trouble jumping over any other time, you know. There was something that that music had opened up in me, and I realized that, that the music in general had some deeper layer, um, and that I had, that I couldn't just be somebody who was uh, listening and going to uh, ex enjoy the music. I had to be somebody involved with the actual construction and making of that music. I knew that at, after that summer. And uh, yeah, and so what was also confirming was the fact that I was going around looking at, every time I saw the wildflowers, I was hearing Mbira music in my head. I was just going around with this stuff in my head. Even before I started playing Mbira, I was had this stuff in my head, you know, going around, yeah. What it, what it brings to my mind, and maybe you're familiar with this, is the, the Kung people, the Bush Yes, people, yes, the, the Possibly the sun, right? Possibly yes. the, the oldest uh, culture yes. on the entire planet. Yes. And how they use their music that, to stir up something that they call boiling energy. Right. That they then transfer, the, the healer transfers it into the patient. Yes. While the, while the music is going on and while the dancing is going on. And yes. it, it made me think of that. You know, your description about being there, dancing, like losing yourself uh, losing contact with the world around you and going into trance and i you know it, it strikes me as that being a healing event yeah it, it was you know i you know i i would say that if anybody was suffering from any ailment and you were in that environment that ailment was leaving it was out the door you know yeah. there was something so strong in that music that you would lose any awareness of any ailment that you would you know experiencing you know and um uh and 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 that was clear to me that was that was that was clear to me i was i was listening to that saying you know oh because i grew up around music i grew up in detroit the one of the most musical places in the world um and i heard so much beautiful music in detroit um but i i was fine with just listening and dancing to it you know but when i heard this i was like no, I have to be playing this. I have to be involved with this. I have to get, you know, get up under the hood on this. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be in the car. I can't be riding in the car. I have to be up under the hood making the car. <laughs> and that is a perfect segue to hear another Mbira song, if you don't mind. Oh, cool. Will do. Um, I will change keys. And this is a different... Uh, key. Um, oh, this one is in the key of D, so it's got a little bit more of a mellow sound. So uh, I'm going to do a song. Uh, the last song I did in the other episode was a song that I actually created. Um, now I'm going to do a song that I didn't create. I'm going to do a song that comes from the uh, Zimbabwean Mbira repertoire. Um, it's a very well-known popular song. Um, called Chimutangari. Um, because, of course, I always create, I 
I always create, I always sort of do interpretations that I'm going to, I'm taking this song into another phase where I um, create new lyrics and new chants um, to make it more communicable in this day and time, especially to the audiences I see. So um, it was not a pure, not a purist approach at all. But the amazing thing about this pure, about this non-pure approach is all of the traditional beer players who I know and who I really appreciate, they are, they are totally on board with me. <laughs> so anyway, I'm playing, I'm just playing a few notes of it. Here we go. This song is called Chimatangare. By the way, Chimatangare means things in a state of change. Come on, people, dance to the drum. 
everyone dancing to the drum let the music hear yeah 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 Absolutely beautiful, Kevin. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for that beautiful song. Thank you so much. And we have one more session coming up with Kevin Nathaniel. I hope all you listeners will tune in the next time. We're going to hear some music. We're going to find out more about what he's doing, what he's actively involved in, and how you can participate in it as well. So thank you, Kevin. Great. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Bob. This has been Cultures of Health and Healing with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate this show and share it with others. Until next time, remember, your health and healing matter, and you can find your own unique path to optimum wellness.